Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Padra. It is April 6th. Nice work for Wednesday. Sixth game card to talk about. Uh, it's been a doozy these past couple of slates, and I think it's going to be for the rest of the season with all these rests, these tank mode teams kind of taking full effect uh, and just basically going, doing their best to play in names that the average DFS fan or player or NBA player fan uh, has never heard of. So it's it's a good time to try to, you know, kind of have your ear to the ground, your eyes on the updates, and just make sure that you are fully engaged and focused heading into each and every slate. Make sure you're monitoring those starting lineups and the news. Coach speak is very important here. We're starting to see players are getting their minutes limited down the stretch. I think Dave Brown Mitchell being the most recent one that has been mentioned. So just uh, keep your eye on everything. I mean, every every bit of information is good information at this point. And if you can't, then maybe take a night off. Maybe go a little bit lighter. Do what's best for you in your wallet. And I do apologize for this being released so late. Uh, your boy's been fighting a stomach bug probably the past two and a half days on top of uh, just some, some, some wild things being included into my personal life. Uh, my nephew was just born on Monday. Uh, something I'm super excited about. Uh, a little far from home, so I've been spending some time on FaceTime with the family. Uh, hoping to get back out there to see him. It's my first nephew. Uh, never been an uncle before, but Uncle Mike is in the building now. And then on top of that, uh, some work things uh, in my personal life, personal work stuff outside of the sports realm, uh, which are taking full effect where it might, you know, might be causing me to move again uh, to a different state. So that is on me. Enough of the the tiny pity party and the, uh, you know, the world's smallest violin. I'm going to break down some hoops for you guys. So hopefully you guys have a chance to listen to this. It'll probably be released about two to three hours before the slate locks. Let's dive into things. But I got to give the shout out to Thrive, guys. If you haven't signed up for Thrive, what are you doing? Head over there. Use that promo code ETHOS. That is E-T-H-O-S. And you receive a 100% instant first deposit match on your initial deposit of up to $100. So, guys, check them out. It is the number one fantasy sports and daily fantasy sports esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fancy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Use that promo code ETHOS. That is, again, E-T-H-O-S when you sign up. First game on the docket, Dallas Mavericks traveling to Detroit, taking on the Pistons here. For the injury report, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, Moses Wright all ruled out. And then for the Pistons, Marvin Bagley, Hamid Diallo, Luca Garza, Jeremy Grant, Corey Joseph, Roddy Magruder, and Kelly Olynyk have all been ruled out. Two 18.5 game total with the Mavs being favored by an 8.5 point spread. We'll start off here with the Mavericks. At the top, it's Luka Doncic, 12K, absolutely in play. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Luka, he's almost in play on every single slate. When you're looking at the top spend-ups on this slate, uh, it's basically you know him. Kevin Durant, Trey Young. If you have the money, he's the guy that I want to spend on them all. I, we'll get to Trey in a little while. I absolutely, I'm always in on Trey Young as well. Uh, even KD is not in a bad spot, but the difference between KD and those other two is he's got Kyrie Irving on his team and you know a little bit of split workload. So the floor is a little lower for KD as opposed to these other two. The ceiling is just as high as in all of them, but I think that Luka still has the highest ceiling of all three. So that puts him in play for certain for me. I mean, the guy dropped 65 DK points on this team earlier in the year, triple-doubled almost, uh, 33 actual points, 11 assists, 7 boards. Absolutely in play on Luka. And for for the most part with the Mavs, it's pretty much been Luka or bust for me. You know, I, I do think that you can take looks at, you know, Dinwiddie and Brunson and these other guys. But especially on like a, a realm of that we're in today, it's just you don't need to go there for their price tags. We're going to have better value that's cheaper. 
Uh, we're going to have more stable, secure guys with upside at the same price that we'll get to later on. So I'll probably just be riding Luca here and call it a day after that. Uh, on the other side of the ball, looking at Cade Cunningham, he was not available in that game earlier in the season, so we do not just have a, you know, this is what happened against last time these two teams faced, but there's no doubt about it. 8,800, Cade's just been absolutely crushing. Really struggled, obviously, in that last one. Uh, you know, only played eight minutes. Throw that one out, but the previous games, we're looking at at least 44, 45 DK points in three straight, or three out of the four straight, so he's in play at 8,800. I don't see myself getting shares of him, though. Uh, I think that I'd rather go to some other options. I mean, Killian Hayes has been nothing but solid and concrete lately, but now he's up to 5,600. That kind of takes him a little bit out for me as well. The one guy that I do have interest in is going to be Isaiah Livers at 4,800. With Bagley and Grant both out, he should continue to get good run at power forward and continue to make the most out of his minutes. And that also puts Braxton Key as like the backup tweener center slash forward. Um, there's pretty much nothing behind those two guys. So both those guys are in play. It's just going to come down to your build and I guess how much money you have. Livers also has that small forward eligibility, which comes in handy as well. Zadik Bay, I'm probably not going to be playing him as much just because I think he could take out that monster game he had in that last one. Cunningham only played eight minutes, gave him extra shot attempts, extra usage, and everything like that. So I'll probably end up taking a pass on Sadiq at 7,300. It'll mostly just be those two front court guys. On to the next game. Brooklyn Nets traveling to New York, taking on the Knicks for the injury report. Goran Dragic, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons all rolled out. James Johnson is questionable for the Knicks. We're looking at Nolan's Noel, Julius Randle, Cam Bradish, Derek Rose, Kemba Walker all rolled out. Miles McBride and Quentin Grimes are both questionable. This game is coming in at a 230.5 game total with the Nets favored by 5.5 points. Pretty important game for the Nets. They need to get themselves, make sure they secure that play-in spot. So expect to see the most out of their big guys here. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Uh, give me Mr. Kevin Durant over Kyrie. It's just higher floor. Ceilings are always going to be pretty similar, but... The floor being a little bit more secure is what I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, outside of those two guys, I mean, I think that you can look at some of these ancillary options if you want to look at like an Aldridge or a Seth Curry. Sure, why not? Um, probably won't be going overboard on those guys. They're mostly contrarian plays. Won't draw a lot of ownership. But outside of those two guys, I, I just don't see myself going to too much over here. Brooklyn with the heavy hitters being at the top. And then on the Knicks side of the ball, R.J. Barrett continues just to pick up in the absence of of Mr. Randall sitting out with the usage. Now he's looking at about the four straight games of at least 17 shot attempts, two in which over 20, which just gives him that little bit of an elevated floor. So if you're looking to run it back with somebody, that's where he makes sense. I won't probably play him as a standalone piece in this game or anything like that. And then quickly has just been an absolute beast with that being said as well. Not expecting triple doubles, but uh, I'm, in, I'm excited about the usage. And with Randall off the floor, we're seeing him handle the ball much, much more with that increased assist possibility. We're talking 17 assists over the past two games. Back-to-back fantastic games, 6,100. I'm not going to rule him out of my player pool. I just, I'm just i I'm a little worried about chasing is my fear. I think a lot of people are going to go to him. I think he's, they're going to see those box scores, and they're going to be excited. They're going to be tantalized by them. So I think I will probably be a little bit off of him. I'll be below the field on him, but I still do think he's in play. Um, and then I think Obi Top in the 5,600 is absolutely in play. Uh, he just continues to outperform his value. And we know he's in the minutes. You know he's getting some decent usage. So sign me up. So Barrett, quickly, Toppin, all in play. I think at the end of the day, I end up with the most shares of Toppin, Barrett from playing Durant. And then quickly, I think, is a decent standalone play piece. But if he's expecting high ownership, I'll probably end up you know, being a little against it, going against the grain a little bit. Next game, Boston Celtics traveling to Chicago taking on the Bulls. For the Celtics, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, both probable. Juwan Morgan, Nick Stauskas, 
ruled out. Robert Williams remains out as well. And then for the Bulls, Lonzo Ball is out. Alex Caruso is doubtful. Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., Zach Levine, Matt Thomas, all probable. This game looks like it is coming in at a 224.5 game total. Celtics favored by 7.5 points here. We'll start off here with the Celtics. I mean, top of the order is Jason Tatum. 10-1. He's in play. Will I end up with him? Probably not. I prefer to spend up on either Trey Young or try to get my way to Durant or even get to a guy like Luka. So I'll probably take a pass there. Um, the guys I don't mind staring at would probably be like, even at his price tag, Al Horford at 6,900, I think is in play. Uh, but since we've seen Robert Williams go down, it's just kind of been increased minutes uh, and he's making the most of them. I mean, we, he's never going to be a high usage player. In fact, he hasn't taken more than 10 or even nine shot attempts over the past five, six games. But the rebounds continue to be there for him. The assists continue to be there. We know he's always going to get a couple stocks for us. Feels like he has a comfortable 30 to 35 DK point floor. With that 40-point ceiling at 6,900, I do have interest in him. The uh, Bulls have been pretty susceptible to front court players this season, so taking advantage of that is uh, something I'm, I'm interested in. Outside of him, though, not too much I like over here. All honesty, I don't think I need to go much. You know, I'm not really playing Marcus Smart when we have both Brown and Tatum healthy. So I'll probably just leave it over there with Mr. Al Horford. On the other side of the ball, everybody looks like they're going to be good to go outside of Caruso. So that should be increased minutes in Desumnu and Kobe White. They'll see some extra run here. I do think Desumnu at 3,900 is certainly in play. Again, not the highest usage or anything like that, but at 3,900, that's just a little too cheap. Uh, when we saw that Caruso was out, he was regularly priced to about that 5K mark. So we're getting a nice discount here. Uh, I have some interest in him. And then I think Vooch at 7,800, certainly an option. Crushed the Celtics this season so far in two games. He's averaging 46 DK points. Uh, we saw this team always struggled against opposing centers in the past, and that was generally before Robert Williams was starting at center for him. So I, I expect that to start to be a trend that we see for the remainder of the season is that they're a little bit more susceptible to front court points despite their defense pretty much being elite all around. And I think this is a decent spot that you could target. Vooch probably won't draw a lot of ownership. We're not getting a huge discount, but I think anything less than 8K, he's going to be in consideration for me. So Desumu, Vooch, probably my top options. Don't think I'll necessarily go to the DeRozan or Levine. If you want to, I wouldn't fault you. I think that they're both in play. Uh, they're both fairly priced. That's, that's probably right where they should be. So if you're looking to run it back, maybe a little mini game stack, I think there's better games you could do it in. But this one would be a contrarian one to look at. And then the last guy to be worth mentioning is Patty Williams, who just continues to outperform his price tag. I don't know how he hasn't jumped yet. 3500 is just a little too cheap for me. Um, I will have interest in him as well. So probably going to end up going to the Bulls for a lot of this value. Fourth game, Washington traveling to Atlanta, taking on the Hawks here. Bogdan Bogdanovich is questionable, along with Danilo Gallinari. John Collins, Lou Williams remain out. For the Wizards, Bradley Bill, Vernon Carey, Kyle Kuzma. All ruled out this game. Probably going to have one of the higher game totals, 234.5. point spread, favored to Atlanta. We'll start off here with Washington, though. Kristaps Porzingis, 8,400. Absolutely like him in this spot. Uh, struggled against him earlier in the season, but that was a totally different scenario. I do like him. Uh, game gets out of hand. He can still easily pay off that price tag. Has power forward and center eligibility. I do like playing Trey Young, and if I play Trey Young, I'm probably going to run it back with some Porzingis. It's just that simple. Normally, I always talk about targeting point guards against this team. Um, you could. I think if you want to look at Sadoransky, sure, but the minutes have been on the downward swing, and I just don't trust the way that they're going to split these minutes up between the bunch of them with him and Ish Smith kind of chopping up the minutes. Ish has been getting the lion's share of late, so if I'm going to go with one of them, it would probably be him. Uh, and I feel comfortable with Ish at 4,800, knowing that he's in that great matchup. Played 28 and 30 minutes over the past three games. If that's the kind of workload they're going to continue to give him until the end of the season, 
we could play them. Just don't be shocked if they pull the rug out from underneath us and when the next game you play in 20 minutes. Uh, but as of right now, we're going to say I'm comfortable with Porzingis. I'm comfortable with Ish. Probably the only two guys I have any interest here on Washington. On the other side of the ball, like I said, Trey Young, absolutely in play for me. 10-5 in this matchup. He should absolutely torch in here. Uh, this is a great spot for him. Now, his season averages aren't that great against Washington. He's only averaging about 42 DK points in three matchups. Uh, that is in 35 minutes, but I'm expecting a difference. With I mean, Washington's not even having nearly the same team that they had all, all season long, so... I do have interest in Trey. We know he's lightning in a bottle. I think he will be lower owned in a great high-paced, high-scoring matchup. Uh, I expect a lot more people probably go to Durant and Kyrie and Luka. So I think he makes a great play for GPPs. I probably still prefer Durant and uh, and Luka over him in like cash and single entries, though. Uh, Clint Capella coming in at 6,300. Not a lot of center options on this slate. He's in play, but this matchup does not suit him very well. So I'll probably end up shying away from him. Uh, and then if we happen to see that Bogdanovich is ruled out, and the same thing with Gallinari, that would open up some extra you know, shot attempts and minutes for guys like Herter uh, and DeAndre Hunter. If I had to pick one of those guys in this matchup, it would probably be Herter for me. But you can't go wrong with either or. I think they're both slightly underpriced, especially if we see those guys are ruled out. Two games left. OKC traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz to the injury report. Darius Basie, Lou Dort, Derek Favors, Josh Giddy, Shea, Ty Jerome, Trey Mann, Mike Muscala, Kendrick Williams, all ruled out. Jazz have yet to submit their injury report, so we've got to keep an eye on that even this late in the day. We do not have it. Two 19.5 game total. Jazz being favored by one of the highest spreads I've seen all season, 17.5. And, and we got a wrench thrown in here because OKC will basically have Pakoveski, Theo Maladon, and Aaron Wiggins all in their rotation or lineup. We don't know how they're going to address this. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to get normal minutes. And now, granted, it's a 17.5-point spread. They might be limited slightly if the game gets out of hand very quickly. But with that being said, I'm probably not going to be going to Paco Veski as much as I love to play that guy and how much money he's won me over the past few weeks. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go that route just because I think he'd be one of the first guys that they limit. They have a lot of these front court guys that they could get minutes for. Uh, but you want to also be careful of kind of chasing a guy like Jalen Horde, who's coming off of an absolutely monster game of 24 points, 21 rebounds. I think, it's, I think there is chase factor. Now, if we hear he's starting, I might have a little bit more interest. 5K is still cheap enough where I can get some ownership and some shares of him. But for the most part, it's crazy. They've been just the value galore recently. I don't trust this team. I don't trust what they're doing. I don't feel comfortable in it. I'll probably look at just kind of wait and see approach and see what their starting lineup looks like. I think Maladon would feel pretty safe if he's starting. But again, how many minutes does he get? Does he play 30, 35, does he play 27? If it's going to be the 26-27 because the game gets out of hand, that's where we want to cross that off, and I don't have interest. So based upon on how you feel is going to be how you want to build this lineup. But again, not a ton of confidence in anybody over here. Just keep your eye on the starting lineup. If Horde starts, I'd have interest in him. On the Utah side of the ball, yeah, cross out all starters for me. 17.5 point spread. I'm not expecting anybody on this team to get a normal, substantial workload. Uh, they're coming off of a game where they just played big minutes against Memphis. We're looking at Donovan Mitchell, 41 minutes played. Rudy Gobert, 34 minutes played. Like, I don't think that they need to push themselves against this OKC team. I don't think they will. So I'll probably take a pass. If anything, it'll just be the dumpster dive guys like Hernan Gomez and uh, maybe like Whiteside getting a few extra minutes, stuff like that. But for the most part, hard pass over here in Utah. And then the final game of the night, we have the Phoenix Suns traveling to LA, taking on the Clippers for the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, Jason Preston both ruled out. Norman Powell is doubtful. Phoenix has yet to release an injury report. We do not have theirs available. Second half. Two and a half point spread being favored to the Clippers. 
is a little surprising. So maybe uh, Vegas knows something we don't. And then it's a 226.5 game total. So a little bit, of, little bit of surprising there. I know that we've seen Phoenix kind of resting a few guys recently. So maybe they think that on this back-to-back, this is another one of the circumstances where they will rest. So keep your eye on it. I mean, overall, I think Chris Paul at 8,100, absolutely in play. DeAndre Ayton at 6,800 is absolutely in play. Even Devin Booker at 91, absolutely in play. Um, I wouldn't go to probably any of these ancillary pieces. I'd keep my money at the top of this, and I'd want some shares in this game if they're all playing. There's no doubt about that. Now, if they sit, if Ayton sits, we're looking at McGee. Uh, for certain, if we see that Devin Booker sits, we're looking at Cam Johnson. Um, you can even get maybe even like a little share of Landry Shamet if you'd like to go that route. I don't mind that as well. Decent value play all the way almost at bare minimum 3,500. Uh, if Chris Paul sits, we're looking at campaign. I mean, that's just the route that we're probably going to want to take. So just keep your eye on it. And hopefully we get that news because this spread is making me think that some people might sit. But obviously, I think if they don't, all the top dogs are in play. This should be, a, I don't think it would be as competitive. as. I mean, they'd be favored if somebody wasn't sitting. Uh, on the L.A. side of the ball, Paul George coming in at 9,500. No, thank you. They said that his minutes cap would be increased. Don't trust it. Don't Not the matchup I want to target anyway going against those wings. Uh, for the most part, I'm taking a pass on most of these Clippers outside of maybe Hartenstein. It's 5,400 who continues just to kind of play those mid-20 minutes and get good exposure to and does a lot with his minutes. High point per minute producer. So you can look that route. And if we see any of their starters sit, it would obviously be guys like Coffee, But we're not really getting discounts on them. I think that they're going to have people majority playing, but we know that they're going to be all kind of splitting minutes and none of them are playing full workloads now. How is that for the quickest rundown? Try to get this thing finished quickly so that you guys can get it and do what you need to with it. Uh, now we'll go to the player tiers. At the top, Luka Doncic, 12K. Absolutely interested in him. And then Trey Young coming in at 10-5. I have a lot of interest in him as well. Uh, actually, you know, we'll take Luka out because he's the obvious guy that I think a lot of people are going to spend up on. We'll go Porzingis at 8,400. I do like Porzingis. Run it back over there. For the mid-tier. Now, there's normally a ton of options that I'm interested in the mid-tier. Um, I still have a couple. I think Obi Toppin at 5,600 is somebody I'm definitely going to be interested in having some shares of. I don't think that's a high enough price tag for what he's been doing, even with the increase over the past two. And then I will go with DeAndre Ayton at 68 if he actually plays. I don't think there's a lot of centers on this slate. And I think that if you're looking for somebody who could just return value, 5X pretty comfortably, uh, he'd be a guy I'd look at. And then for the actual value plays they themselves, uh, anybody less than 5K, as you guys know, this could change even with the limited time that we have. I think Ishmith at 4,800, solid option as long as he's playing those minutes. Now there's a little risk involved with that one, so keep your eye on that. Be a little worrisome of it, but I think he's in play regardless. And then I think if I want to look anywhere else, it's going to be some of those Chicago guys I talked about, whether you want to go with Patty Bill, Patty, Patty Mills, Patty Williams, uh, or a, uh, A.O. Desumu. I think both those guys will get a nice little hefty price boost after this game, needless to say. So I'm interested in over there. And that is it. So as always, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching out to me. Wonder where the hell the podcast was. Um, I do appreciate that. I was I was thinking about maybe skipping a day, but we got it out here for you. I hope you guys enjoy. I hope it gives you some information that helps you build your lineups. And let's go take down some GPPs. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Thumbs up, five-star rate and review wherever you are listening. Let's go win some money.